This week we're gonna play this stinking podcast like a harp from hell! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kinda like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome once again, everyone, to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and together with my friends Chris and Eric, we are going to reboot the podcast. Well, kind of. Uh, Episode 2 of the Magnificently Huge Podcast was uh, the Going to Batman Do episode. In other words, uh, we did a show about Batman, and the truth is we didn't do it because I wasn't on the show back then, and... I'm greedy, and everything is all about me, me, me! So, uh, since it's all about me, we're going to do another Batman episode. We're going to just pretend the old Batman didn't exist anymore, and we're going to recast him with a new actor, and we're going to get a new production designer. We're going to pretend that the travesty of the Batman that you didn't like before uh, no longer exists, and, and here's a whole new Batman for you. So I think I think that's thematically consistent with the topic, don't you? Uh, if you disagree with me, you can always uh, hit us up. Uh, you can find ways to contact us on our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Uh, there you can find our Twitter handle, at maghuge. You can find us on Facebook, where the Magnificently Huge podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Magnificently Huge. And you can email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. As always, we're trying to build the audience for the show, so please, you know... Spare two seconds of your life and click the five-star rating thing on your podcast app of choice or leave us a glowing review and share us on your social feeds and, you know, spread the word so that more people can hear us talk about Batman. Hi, Energy! 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 We've got so much energy! Thank you for bringing the highballs and the eight balls and the... Hanging balls and the... Cannonballs... Lots of balls. Yeah, that's bats and balls. <laughs> that bats and dirty. balls. Bats mm, and balls. That's a mm. weed in, isn't it? Bats. What are we doing this week? Ball man. Ball man. Okay. And bat boy. Ball man and bat boy. Uh. <laughs> so much comedy. Aren't you glad you tuned into this show? We're yeah. just warming up, but we're letting you hear all of it. It's like yeah. a DVD so behind this, the scenes. Is this the first magnificently huge reboot? episode yeah. i think it is because okay. uh yeah first of all let's introduce ourselves uh this is chris <laughs> don't everybody trip all of ourselves at once <laughs> uh, i tried to jump in late because i wasn't in the previous batman episode yeah. i'm brian oh it's and thematic then, i get it yeah. i'm eric yeah and yeah our first was it our first show it was, was our, batman uh second our, it was our second, second show, show but it was our our first like real effort at a show though and fucked it up completely, as I remember. Yeah. The audio yeah, was, was like all screwy. It was awful because I I was because because Brian wasn't here, and if it's a hit, then it's a hit because of Mario. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing, and so it was just yeah, <laughs> all over the. I, oh, yeah. I think actually your recording wouldn't sync up, so the whole podcast is me talking, and then your audio coming out of my phone. Yeah. No, that was the first one. That was the first oh. one. The Star oh, okay. Wars. Day. That's, we we kind of had it that down. Was genius. Yeah. We kind of had it down by number two, <laughs> but it was still dookie. Uh, so yeah, that's why I recommended let's redo an early show. And then Brian said, "Well, let's do Batman because I wasn't involved in that one, and I want to crack at this." So and me. Yeah, it's all about yeah. Brian this me. week. It's all about me. <laughs> so, I do like. I do like for ironic reasons. The idea of redoing the show that's based on the thing that's been redone so many times that yeah. I know absolutely every single way that Martha Wayne was murdered with her pearls. Yeah. So it's it's good times. Uh, Wait, was there variation in those? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Like there's the, there's the one where the pearls get caught in the hammer of the gun. There's the <laughs> one where she doesn't say anything. There, there's the one yeah. where... Uh, 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 yeah, 
She yeah, dances with the devil in the pale moonlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's my favorite one, okay. which I think was the Michael Bay version, where he actually played ZZ Top's pearl necklace over the murder. Uh, so I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's just my wish list of what I want for Batman. Hey, there, there's still time. There, yeah. There's so many more Batman reboots to come. That could happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also to uh, to kind of clickbaity this, uh, the other reason I thought this would be good was because uh what's his name pattinson robert, robert pattinson, pattinson has been uh named as the uh the new new batman the batman the yeah. batman uh so aflac is out and yeah. pattinson is aflac! In. Aflac! and pattinson pattinson i think is a good choice because he definitely has batman's inbred cross eyes <laughs> yeah but do we really want a sparkly black batman do we really want that? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can talk about that as well uh, <laughs> as the show goes. But uh, hey, put a pin in it, Chris. Yeah, put a pin in it. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's take the pin and put it in this conversation. Boop. I don't know who wants to MC this one. I think Brian should because he didn't get oh, a shot. Oh, should I? Yeah, he's okay. at the last go around. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I'm the MC, I'm going to say we're, we'll get to Batman in a minute. But first, we got to do the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Shit. This is our segment where we talk about, you know, current uh things we've been watching or reading or listening to. Uh Reed. Eric, you got any? Reading. You're, you're not you're you're really gonna make me go first as mean. <laughs> <laughs> I can go first. Energy. I'm 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 running around looking for my notes. Okay, uh, Chris, what do you got? Uh absolutely nothing, Bob. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was a, I didn't do a lot. So really I just randomly came across, uh, a, an airing of Butch Cassidy, the Sundance kid, uh, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford, pretty much the movie that made Robert Redford the star he was to become, uh, written by William Goldman. And basically it's just a, a nice sort of pseudo comic Western uh, full of fun and frolic. I uh, kind of had a little, little fun with the genre, and it's a classic, and I love it. So that's really what I watched. Uh, the only point of contention is when you get raindrops keep falling on my head as the song, and that's an earworm and a half, and it just doesn't go away. And it's I'm obnoxious. almost positive we've discussed Butch and Sundance before. I, when I was a couple months ago, I was reading a bunch of William Goldman, and we brought it up. Uh, but I just happened across the movie just as an accident and sat down and watched it from start to finish. So, in all honesty, I don't know that I've ever actually watched Butch and Sundance well, you're not, all the way through. You're not a Western but it's guy, always though, right? seemed to me that that song is tonally inconsistent with the subject matter. <laughs> well, it's there's a pseudo-love triangle. It's Paul Newman is the older Butch Cassidy uh, Robert Redford but it's is not a Western song, but that movie was yeah. made in like the early seventies when they were like, we're going to, we're going to screw around with the genre. As you say, we're going to not yeah. be historically accurate. This it's basically a, a seventies, you know, yeah. crime drama, but on horses. It's, but it's, you know, it's, it's the fun. They take of its day. They, yeah, they take some liberties. Basically, it's uh, the Wild West outlaws, but it's a changing West as the railroads have come in. Uh, and I think they make jokes about the newfangled bicycle that is starting to appear. Uh, so that's Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head is played over a montage of uh, Paul Newman. And uh, oh, who's the actress? Catherine Ross from The Graduate. Uh, just riding around in the countryside to raindrops keep falling on my head it's filler uh i think arthur it's a music video <laughs> yeah yeah butch and sunday it is arthur hiller i think just didn't know what to do so he just kind of filled it uh but it's fun and the basic story is that they get drummed out of the their territory by the railroad baron because they tried to rob the same train twice once on the way and once on the way back and so these bounty hunters start chasing them and then there's this long long chase sequence uh that's fun that ends with them jumping off of a uh, cliff into a raging river to escape. And then they wind up in Bolivia because they heard it was getting good there. And then the end of the movie is they've, 
<laughs> they basically are gunned down by the Bolivian army. Uh, yeah. And, the and this is all essentially a true story. There were yeah. these, these were actual outlaws uh, and they did get shot down in Bolivia. And there's actually, they didn't get actually gunned down necessarily the way they did in the film. They think that it was a murder suicide inside the building because they knew they couldn't get out. Oh, well, that's grim. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But mostly it's just, it's William Goldman in one of his stronger scripts. And so the dialogue is really snappy and it's fun. Like when the early on Butch and Sundance ride into the hole in the wall, which is in Colorado, it's like a box canyon where they hide out. And some other cohort has decided to take over the gang. And then he challenges Paul Newman to a fight. And then. Paul Newman basically cheats his way out of it. He says, so are there any rules? No, there's no rules. And he kicks the guy in the nuts <laughs> and then basically just wallops him across the head to win the fight. Uh, and then they're good. So it's, it's fun. It's light. It's frothy. Uh, Pre-Sting, I think they honed the, uh, the camaraderie and the, the chemistry between Newman and Redford by the time they got to the Sting. So the other one I don't think stands up well, though. It's it's I mean, harder. It feels it has that seventies pacing. It has that seventies color where everything yeah. is brown and, yeah. and just drab. Yeah, I yeah. It's not. It's one of those ones that yeah. As a kid, I thought was fun, and now I look at it and I go, "Oh, you're not going to make me watch this." Yeah, really. <laughs> could they re, could they re-edit it and tighten it up and make it happy again? Yeah, probably. They got two great Pro- actors in there. Yeah. They're they're definitely very charming gentlemen, and so it uh, it works. So hmm. you know, get on that internet, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's have the modern edit yeah. of uh, Butch and Sundance and the Sting. Yeah. I think the problem is, is that uh, if you did that, it would probably honestly it would be like a forty five fifty minute movie. So and that's you're why you have need- to go edit in Butch and Sundance the early years <laughs> oh, starring. What's his name? No, that that's guy. why you. No, it's just for YouTube. It's fine. Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants to watch a full length movie on YouTube anyway. No, Forty five he... minutes. Beautiful. Go. Do it. Make <laughs> yeah. it happen. I command you, Internet. Go. Oh God. Okay, my fresh shit. Very quickly, started yeah. watching Fosse Verdon, and yes. it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm still getting through it because they're very uh, draining each episode. Yeah. Uh, so I can only do them like once every week to ten days. So I'm, I've got do, another couple. They actually feel like something he would have made because they have that same level of darkness. Yeah. I the 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 opening episode. I, I, this is the only thing I'll give away. The opening episode just they tell you, okay, New York City, twenty years to go. You're like, huh? Okay, I wonder what that's all about. And then <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Washington yeah. D.C., eighteen years to go. Uh, well, Hamburg, Germany, 10 years to go. It keeps counting down like that. And you're like, what the well, yeah, fuck are we talking about? And they oh. get to him in the room, like ready to go out with Gwen and he's old. And, you know, she says, are you ready to go? He says, yeah, I look great. And then it says, what? New York city, eight minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> They've been counting down that's, his death. That's the through the whole thing. Episode. Yeah. Cause the, the last, the very last one I watched is he was getting ready to prep Lenny uh, with Dustin Hoffman about Lenny Bruce and they're at a, like a Martha's Vineyard beach house and Neil Simon has just lost his wife. So it's sort of just a, a rally around the, the troops boys kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, Gwen Verdon turns out to be a really super manipulative, uh, type of woman, which was just devastating to watch that unfold. And then at one point they said, cause she's trying to get him to do Chicago, but he's already committed to do Lenny. So then he finally submits and says he'll do both. And then like a thing comes up and it says uh, like 18 months before Bob Fosse has his heart attack. I mean, it's like, oh shit. So yeah, it's like a feeling of foreboding through the whole thing, but it's so well done. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so far so good. Do you like the, the recreations that they do on there? I do. I, I question some of the casting, like, the Liza they they grab does not look like Liza, but she yeah. can sing. And for Christ's sake, who who looks like Liza? I mean, Nobody. that's I don't know who you could cast. And the woman who's playing Cheetah Rivera played Cheetah's part in the Broadway revival of Chicago. So my hope is a lot of these 
actors are actually Broadway talent who, uh, who get the history. Yeah. I can't remember, but the the guy that plays Patty Chayefsky is really funny too. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he's very joy Cause he pretty much, I'm like, yeah, that's exact. That's what I picture hanging out with Patty Chayefsky would be, be like, <laughs> it's like, this guy's just dour and grim yeah. all the fucking time. It's really, funny. and Michelle Williams was in the production of cabaret. I saw with, uh, Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, oh, oh, I, oh, 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 the guy who played Dexter or the guy who played Nightcrawler? <laughs> the guy who played Nightcrawler. Okay. Uh, my favorite gay Scotsman. Alan Cumming. Alan, Alan Cumming. Cumming. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah. So, she can actually sing. She can actually dance. And we know that he can dance. We've, we've been waiting for Rockwell to do a musical forever. Yeah. And he's really good in this, too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would recommend any any fan of musical theater would really enjoy this thing. I think so. Yeah, and all the behind the scenes on those great movies. Uh, yeah, from that so. period where musicals were dead, and so he had like this ten minute window to be as kinky and fucked up as he could be before the whole <laughs> thing went away. Yeah, fussy, fussy, fussy. Madonna, Madonna. Never mind. That's a bird cage reference. That is yeah. yeah. Different show. Yeah. A different movie. Don't so. don't don't put a pin in it. Don't put a pin in it. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> so that, that put a bird on it. Put a bird on put it. Put a bird on it. <laughs> God. <laughs> so that you're good with that one, Eric. That's your, your yep. That's it. Okay. Let me know when you finish, and then we can compare notes. Oh, I intend to make it like fresh shit again when it's done. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hooray! All right. I got a couple. Um. So, a game that came out uh, during E3 that I picked up on the Nintendo Switch called Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule is a Legend of Zelda spin-off game. Here's the deal. There's an indie developer out there who had made a game called Crypt of the Necrodancer, which was a dungeon-crawling rhythm action game. You're a dungeon-crawling rhythm action game. Yeah, your face is a dungeon crawling rhythm action game. Thank you. Um, I'm a crypto dancer. <laughs> Twisted crypto dancer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this this indie developer made this game, Crypto the Necro Dancer, and Nintendo partnered with them and said, "Hey, why don't you do that?" But in the Legend of Zelda world. And it's actually kind of genius. So it's a 2D, like, Super Nintendo-style Legend of Zelda game where the actual gameplay is all about moving around on a grid to the beat of the music. So they've got all this remixed Zelda music that's very rhythmic. And you're not so much uh, using your weapons as you are having to figure out the different patterns that different enemy types move to and avoid being where they're going to hit you and then move so that you can hit them and there's a lot of them on the screen it gets pretty intense pretty fast and it's a zelda game so you're like finding items and doing dungeons to huh. to the beat um it's pretty cool it's a short game it costs like 25 bucks i recommend it really so you have you finished it though um i'm told it took people about five hours to finish okay. but the thing is that when you do that then you can do a new game and it randomizes everything Okay. Um, but it doesn't. Crypt of the Necro Dancer was a roguelike, which basically means that every time you die, the whole game randomizes itself. This one doesn't do that. You can randomize it if you want to, but if if you die, it can just keep continuing. Okay. So worth worth the cost. Yeah, I'm getting my twenty five bucks out of it. Okay. Good. It's going to be good. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling this week. It's a good handheld game. I'm just gonna kind of take it and and tap 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 to the beat. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I I I it never occurred to me until you mentioned the idea, just the idea of a Zelda game that uses like another game approach. How how awesome would it be to play Paper Zelda? Like do oh Paper hell Mario yes, Paper Zelda as a as a Zelda game. That would be the shit. They they kind of did that on the 3ds. They did a game. Um, a link between worlds mm-hmm. where the it was a link to the past. It was the the same actual world map as the Super Nintendo game, 
but the gag was that that Link could turn two-dimensional and jump onto the walls of the world and then scoot around and break the world. So that's actually kind of exists. That'd be neat. And it's supposed to be brilliant. Huh. Also, I think I think Cadence of Hyrule is the first Zelda game where you can play as Zelda, as opposed to as Link, if you choose to. Um. So there's that. That's 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 a bit of me too, right there. Yeah. At some point, I I, I want to put a pin in it. Let's do a classic Nintendo show. I'm down. Yeah. I'm totally down. Well, we did the. Uh, have nothing to say. Yeah, we It'd did. Be great. No, I, I could probably pull something out of my. Oh, we ass. did Atari. Yeah, we did Atari. We did the OG original gamer. But I want to uh, do like Mario RPG and Mario Paint and Paper Mario and. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, I'm totally down. One of the best right. SNES um, games. So put there a pin was, in it. So my other thing is another Broadway show. Woo. Saw. The touring company of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's a musical. I hear disappointment in your voice. Um. Well, here we go. I'll 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 just sing this for you. Um. If you want to view paradise, rent the DVD and watch it. If you've got some popcorn, pop it. Over to the couch, your ass should plop it. Did you come up with that wire? Wait, it's not done. It's not done. There is no point in making the Broadway show of this movie. Gene Wilder's the thing that you truly <laughs> wish to see. There, that's the whole review. No, uh, I always know it's a good experience for Brian when he's got a whole song worked out that he probably made up while he was watching the turd in the first place. Yeah, I oh. see. My thing would have been suck my ass, lick my balls. I wish I was watching the movie. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm so lowbrow, but yeah, Brian. Brian put in thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, what else was he going to do? That up in five minutes. Um, <laughs> more importantly, God, I'm. I don't know what to say about this thing. It's so. It's so schizophrenic. This this play. So um, does it hew to the the Gene Wilder movie or the Tim Burton movie? The Gene Wilder movie. They've uh, actually okay. got pure imagination and the Candyman in it. Okay. Um, Which, for my money, unless Sammy Davis is singing that thing, no. Thank you. Yeah, all the other songs are are original. They're not from either movie. Um, but they make this really, like, story-breaking change to the first act because the way the movie is split is... Intermission is the point at which all the kids go into the factory. Mm-hmm. Which means that if you played it straight, Wonka would not be in the first act. And what they did instead is they had Wonka go in disguise and open a candy shop in town and befriend Charlie. Like he already knew he wanted him. Yeah, so the whole thing plays out like Wonka has picked Charlie at the beginning, except that Wonka doesn't actually sell him the bar that has the golden ticket, but you kind of think maybe he planted it where Charlie did, at which point, you know, don't do the contest. Just give Charlie the factory. Don't kill four other kids. That's what I was going to say. Like, like <laughs> that would be something for the, you know, the denouement, where it's like, well, then why'd you do all this? I wanted to kill children. Yeah. yeah. And then that would be the show ending number. Let's yeah. kill some children and so the other thing is that they made charlie into a total willy wonka fanboy um so charlie is obsessed with willy wonka like instead of doing his homework he wants to dream up candy and i mean Uh. you can have a charlie bucket who is dealing with his poverty life and is trying to make something out of nothing and that's good but to just turn it into wonka 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 
sucks. It's like yeah. Fozzie Bear. Wonka, wonka, wonka. I think wonka, wonka, like wonka. The, the message of the original was, you know, of a good kid and how being a good kid, like, basically got him rewards in the end. Him being a, char- a, a Wonka nut from the beginning kind of makes him like the other kids. A little bit. Yeah. And the the kid that they got to play Charlie, he's the only of the kids, he's the only one played by a child actor, and he's just pure corn syrup. He's so treacly, sugary, oh. sweet. I fucking hate this kid. Uh. So <laughs> I was kind of rooting for Mike TV. Um, <laughs> of course. Mike, Mike TV, who is an Xbox kid who like plays a bunch of Call of Duty now, and but he's still Mike TV. <laughs> you said I, duty. <laughs> I actually think that they should have completely rewritten the character of Mike TV and and gotten rid of the Wonka Vision gag and had a different character who was like basically that. It was all into video games, but the TV thing is anachronistic at this point. It doesn't yeah. play to a modern audience. Although I am not shocked at all that Mike TV would be your uh, character of choice that particular story. He's a total douchebag in the play, but... um, (laughs) So, uh, do do they keep Veruca, Veruca? I mean, all of the kids get updates. Veruca is still very much this bossy Russian bitch, but she's also a ballerina, and I want to come back to her. Okay. And then, Um, and Violet Beauregard, do they turn to her? Beauregard is African-American, and she's the queen of pop, because she's blowing those big gum bubbles, and her (sighs) dad is promoting her, and so she's got, like, yeah, dance moves and stuff. Do they still turn her into a giant blueberry? They do. And I want to, I want to, again, I want to come back to the second act. I want to say okay. one more thing about the first act, which is like times have gotten so much worse <laughs> that instead of Charlie Bucket's family being this sort of Dickensian portrait of poverty, you know, that's ab- absurd and exaggerated. No, Charlie's mom is just kind of a millennial now. She lives with her parents. She has to work several jobs to make ends meet and still doesn't have enough money for food. And that's like a lot of people's just life now. So <laughs> I don't well, think it plays the way they wanted it to the play. current state of poverty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. This reminds me, I can't remember what I read recently, but basically it was something that went around about the original Willy Wonka. And how Grandpa Bucket, it's like, he's basically bedridden for the first half. And then suddenly he yeah. gets that free ticket. And then all of a sudden, oh, sure, I can walk. And look, I can dance. Let's go, Charlie. <laughs> it's, but yeah. it's like everything yeah. up to that point. It's like, I'm so frail and infirm. Give me some soup. It's like, ah, oh. so. Yeah. Actually, if you think of it, that update is a good one. What's questionable is the original where it's, you know, we have actual poor people that we could yeah. show you. We could we could actually comment on the current state of the world, but instead yeah. let's let's do a, a made up kind of poverty. Also, Grandpa, since you can dance, maybe you can also get a job. How about that? You've been living yeah. off exactly. of your daughter's goodwill. Exactly. Uh, so so the the they get to the second act and they get into the factory, and that's where this movie does an interesting turn because while Charlie is is syrupy, and by the way, the Wonka is basically doing Martin Short. Um, so he's missing he's missing all of the like danger behind Gene Wilder's eyes <laughs> and the melancholy <laughs> that makes you think he could crack at any minute, right? Yeah. Like, and I don't know if you could do that from the stage well because that doesn't broadcast to the cheap seats. Yeah. Right, like that's yeah. all subtlety in Gene Wilder's face. We didn't but get it as kids. When he sings "Pure Imagination," like Gene Wilder breaks your heart at the end of that song, right? And this guy is singing it like it's his big number on Broadway. If you want to view paradise, fuck you. It's <laughs> it's supposed to be kind of like a melancholy. This guy is at the end of his days, you know. <laughs> Ah, he broke that song. Um, but then, out of nowhere, the play remembers it's written by Roald Dahl, and that Roald Dahl actually hates children, and they <laughs> just brutally kill the kids. Nice. I mean... How do they do uh, Augustus Gloop? Okay, Augustus Gloop is the boring one. He just goes into the chocolate waterfall... 
Okay. And so it's just like the movie. That's about it. Okay. That was there was nothing. But then Violet Beauregard. You mentioned scanners in the last show we did. <laughs> did they blow up? Violet Beauregard <laughs> explodes in blue viscera all over the stage and her father. Yes. Like, boom, just yeah. nasty. Yeah. yeah, there's no coming back from that. And and it gets worse for for um, Veruca Salt, who is in a ballet number with these... Uh, She's in the the nut sorting factory with these human-sized squirrels, <laughs> and they pull a magic trick where the squirrels are dancing with Veruca, and you don't see the switch, but the squirrels literally tear her limb from limb and walk away with one leg going one way and another leg going another, <laughs> and the torso and the head and the arms That's, all going, and and, and, is, and the kid next to me is just like, ah! this is a Broadway <laughs> show. Yeah, Damn. on stage. They just tear her to shreds so, on stage. So what it's are, amazing. So what do, what do they do for Oompa Loompas? Do they just cast a bunch of short people? Or do they no, do something? No, actually, the Oompa Loompas are puppets. Um, oh, so that's the creepy. People come out dressed in black, and their heads are on these puppet bodies, and they dance the Oompa Loompas around. Okay. It's kind of Mum and Sean's kind of stuff. Okay. It, actually, you know, that was fine. Um, the sets were kind of weak. They relied too heavily on video in the background. That's Although when they do Mike TV, that's pretty good. Um, well, that fits the character. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it just didn't quite seem to get its own source material. It feels cheap in a way that a lot of Broadway shows don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel bad for like the parents who are bringing their kids to this, and this is like the only show that they they can afford to go see, and they brought their kids to it, and it was they found this. a golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they'll never go to another show again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. although I, again, with the tearing the kids apart and exploding them, I do appreciate that this that this Charlie and Chocolate Factory understood that they needed to scar the children in the audience for life in some way and they okay. go for it so that that was nice but there was no um there was no crazy boat there was a boat but they didn't have like the crazy song and there was no good day sir that I scene is not in good the, day sir how is that not in the play like <laughs> arg, well, so well i can't even remember if that's eh. in the the tim burton one though with johnny depp is it? I didn't watch the Tim Burton one. Why would I watch the Tim Burton one? Oh, it's it's really flat. It's really flat. Just, again, go rent, go watch the Gene Wilder movie from 1971. It's an all-time classic. You'll get everything that you should get from this, and and you'll be and, fine. And more, and a bit more subtlety on the child murder, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> which which is really what you want. Yeah, that's the fresh shit. Fresh well, I'm sorry that that was such a chore for you, but I love yeah. the song. If you can record that someday for us, uh, please do. I, I'm here to entertain. This okay. is a podcast. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's a song and dance, man. It's good. A bunch All of right. people are sitting at home right now going, I want some fucking Batman, dude. <laughs> well. La, 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 la. It's time for the Batman. Yeah. To which I to which I say fuck you, kid. It's, we we haven't had one Blue Apron commercial this entire time. No, no boxed mattresses. No yeah, nothing. Really. This is and all no, for free for you. Yeah, and no promos for WTF with Mark Marin or any of that shit. You just so. did one, you douche. Oh, yeah, you just mentioned a bunch of things that we're not getting paid to mention. So, Batman, we suck at um, this. The plus side is that because no one's got any financial stake in this thing, we can drop all these drops and they can take all the not money we're making away from us because <laughs> yeah, really. we're not monetizing. Yeah. Um, so I asked the question while we were in chat before the the show, you know, like there's a lot of Batman out there. There's the 60s Batman. There's the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman. There's animated Batman, both Super Friends and the Bruce Tim Paul Dini series that continues to this day really there's the the Christopher Nolan Batman there's the Batfleck Batman that abortion and I, that happened recently yeah <laughs> yeah the Zack yeah. Snyder Batman and then soon to be and then soon the to be Batman. the Batman the yeah Batman. so i feel like there's like 
several shows worth of content here, and I'm not yeah. I'm not quite sure where we want to take this. Eric, you suggested saying a best version and a worst version. Yeah. Of Batman. Yeah. I. I which, yeah. Which is easy. Yeah. I, 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 is it okay? Let Let's go around the table. Well, worst no version. Worst Eric. version. Oh, worst version. Worst. Worst version. version. Uh, Batman v Superman. Yeah. Chris, I think I, would, I think Ben Ben Affleck is probably the best person to play Bruce Wayne, but everything for Batman was backwards and wrong. Batman does not use a gun. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Uh, but he brands people. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's th- this is my problem with Batman as a character, and he's been around for what almost eighty years now. Came out in nineteen thirty nine. Uh, He's a detective, he uses his smarts, he's not really super-powered or anything like that. But as a character, Batman is just bleh. It's sort of like like the DC curse, like Superman is just sort of bleh. So I like aspects of Batman, but I don't like all of Batman. But Batman that, is Ayn Rand's Superman, really. Yeah. Right? Like, Batman yeah. is it's the, the ultimate s- expression of he's the, money and power and self-sufficiency. Yeah, and, and Superman and is fascism. the ultimate everyman, and yeah. that's why he's the enemy in Dark Knight so. Returns. But I think, really, the, 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 the thing that with Batman they never use that I wish they would, because they could actually make it interesting, is... The reality that this is a rich guy who runs around at night beating up people so poor they have to steal. And I think <laughs> it's like it's like you Batman, could, you could gentrification. So make such a great sort of right wing um, argument for Batman. And you might disagree with it, but it would certainly be interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I would I would agree with Eric that the Aflac is the the worst interpretation we've had so far. And that even includes the, the Joel Schumacher variants. Okay. Yeah. So is that, is that Affleck's fault or is that the script's fault? That's both. Script. No, but, no, no, because he's a, he, he was really good at Bruce Wayne. All of the Bruce Wayne scenes, he's really strong. It's just okay. that everything they have Batman doing where he can't do anything, but be in the suit. That's what doesn't work. Yeah, I think I think he was a, I think he was good. I think he got the shittiest script. That's just me. Okay, I I, I okay. I'm gonna give you a hot take. I I agree with you that I don't like the Ben Affleck Batman, but I'm gonna go against my own like personal tastes and say that actually the adam west batman show is one of the worst interpretations of batman there's ever been i but i don't think it is i think it's probably the most spot-on interpretation of batman at that time i think they they made it campy they made it goofy and it works i think the comics followed the show in that case yeah they they made the show and the show was a hit and so they started making the comics like the show yeah for a lot of people that's my first Batman. Yeah. No, at right. the same time, at that point, the comics, if they hadn't followed it into something else, because there wasn't a, there was a lot of homogeny in comics, they still had that very basic layout and structure from the 40s. Yeah. Well, which is interesting that you bring it up. So we can talk origins real quick, because I just recently uh, watched a documentary called Batman and Bill. Have you seen this? I just love it. It's it's really good, especially if you're interested in any of the, the history of Batman. Basically, uh, Bob Kane is the name that you see as the sole creator of Batman on everything. Uh, but it turns out that there's a guy named Bill Finger, who was a comics writer, that co-created Batman with Bob Kane. He yeah. was, Bill Finger was the writer, and... He came up with you know a lot of the rogues gallery and a lot of the tropes that ev- that is associated with Batman. So everything basically Batman uh, came from this guy Bill Finger, and he got shafted. He got no credit. He basically died broken alone. Uh, and so this filmmaker did the thing about an, an author who uncovered the story and basically found living relatives, and they basically reversed the seventy five year old shaft. And got the guy credit finally on Batman v Superman, uh, and so now anytime you see Batman come up 
on a screen credit, you'll see Bob Kane with Bill Finger. And so Bob Kane just stole credit for 70 some odd years. And that's just insane. And now to they've me. given Batman the finger. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's a really good, good documentary. And you, <laughs> and you get a good sense of how fucked up the comics industry is. Uh, well, I but, mean, he's kind of the Gene Kuhn of uh, the comics, isn't he? That same thing happened in Star Trek. Yeah. Right, right. So, so I mean, I love me some Batman. 1966 just i from yeah, pure I, childhood joy and it introduced me to all those characters but well it kind of isn't batman i'm with you no. i'm with you because just you know on its own i can't watch it and enjoy it but i look at it like uh, the graphics on golden eye 64 were ass or are ass they were great so it's like right. if you view them view it in its time it's one of the greatest games ever made well for me uh, batman the same way in its time it was as much as they could get away with because green hornet was probably more accurate and was less fun well and that's the thing is green hornet couldn't be like the batman show because the guy who created the character wouldn't let him make it campy and fun and so it was just done as a straight crime thing and it didn't last because of it uh but for, for Batman uh, performances, my favorite is Adam West because of all of these guys, uh, maybe apart from Keaton, uh, he's the only one that feels like he's having any fun as Batman. And so that's the most enjoyable thing for me to watch is those old. I would, I would say George Clooney was playing a Batman who was having fun. Uh, I, being oh, Batman. God. He, is, he said he, the yeah. whole thing was like a factory job. He hated yeah. being Batman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that Clooney himself was having fun, but he was trying to play a character who was like, yeah, I like being Batman. Batman's yeah. fun. I like well, being Batman. It's hard for me to separate from the Joel Schumacher era, though, because they are so fucking awful. I mean, it just there were so many, so many bad decisions made on so many levels. All right, let's you know, know, get mean? into that. Let's let's talk <laughs> Schumacher here, right? Nice. Yeah, he like he's forever going to be known as the fucker that put nipples on the bat suit. Let's be real. Water it's just like my least problem with with the with the Schumacher Batman. But but the nipples. The, who cares? But that's the thing. It's emblematic Brrr. of all of the underlying issues that he brought to the table. It's just ah. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> here's here's what I have to say about Joel Schumacher. Um, he he did in in Batman and Robin, which is just unwatchable. It is not it is not so bad. It's good. It is nothing redeemable about it. But he he had two characters in that movie. He had Poison Ivy, which he cast Uma Thurman as, and he had Batgirl, which from the '60s show, man was Batgirl hot. Yeah, Yvonne Craig. Um, and oh. neither of those characters were sexy in the Joel Schumacher Batman and Robin movie. How the hell do you screw that up? Uh, Jesus, dude. Do you want dude. the answer to that? Yeah, do you want <laughs> the truthful answer? Because Eric will tell you, and it's not going to be yeah. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> because didn't put nipples Joel- on their suit? Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, because Joel Schumacher likes dudes. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, like okay. that, like but Batman. Uma Thurman, like well. in her prime. Yeah, Uma yeah. Thurman not has sort of a fag hag thing going on in that, but you know, he, yeah. he, he didn't look at her going, you know, yeah. Well, plus it's just hey, let's take the designs that sort of made everything good in the Tim Burton versions of Gotham and whatnot. And Hey, let's throw some neon in there and let's, uh, just sort of make it awful, you know, just make it awful. Schumacher does what is, is wrong with the TV show, which is he, he, he liked the campy elements. I have less of a problem with the neon than I do with actors in both that and Batman forever going, Hey, look, the thing is falling. Oh my gosh, there's fire on me. What are you doing? It's like all camp. I don't think these people read any of the comic books. Actually, that's funny. There's, there's a, a thing of, um, Oh, what's the Jay and silent Burton. Kevin Smith was talking about how, uh, Tim Burton stole the, the ape, Abe Lincoln statue from the comic when he did Planet of the Apes and yeah. Tim Burton said I've never even read a comic book and Kevin Smith said well that explains the first two Batman movies 
Yep. <laughs> like they didn't like the comics. Yeah. All but right. It, so, all right, we're down to three here. We've got Batman 66, Schumacher Batman, and Batfleck. Are we sticking with Batfleck as the worst of those three? For me, it is because it's the most uninteresting. But again, I, I haven't know. seen Justice now, League, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But after seeing Justice him. Justice League is just obnoxious. Yeah. But after seeing the Man of Steel train wreck and then the extra super train wreck that was Dawn of Justice, uh, I can only imagine what Justice League Batman was like. So I'm changing my vote. I'm changing my vote. I'm going to Batman and Robin. You're right. Because I can watch Batman v Superman, even not liking it. Yeah. I can watch it. I cannot finish Batman and Robin. I can't. Yeah. No, it's it's just, it's, it's all, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I think we kind of have to say the Clooney Batman takes the cake. Yeah. Well, Batman and Robin is the worst. But at least Clooney's on record uh, being honest about how he almost killed the batman franchise i mean he, he takes that no. on pretty regularly yeah. i mean it's just as a self-deprecating jab but it's it, you know yeah it just admits it's that funny, it's a piece of it's, shit it's a franchise that had run its course yeah that they you know kept expecting it to make money but they weren't going to do anything interesting or exciting i yeah. think the reason the nolan ones finally were good is they they took all the best stuff from frank miller and I think the reason that these new ones suck is they thought they could just steal the same Frank Miller stuff. Yeah, they didn't reinvent it. All right, it. so let's go to let's go to that best Batman. Chris, like, we'll start with you. Like, is the performer or the movie? Good question. Because it's because it's those aren't part and parcel. You're gonna have to. All right, give me give me give me both then. Uh, for performance, the most again most watchable for me is still Adam West. Uh. I don't really have any affection deep-seated for Batman, so I don't mind that he camps it up and gets goofy, because, uh, again, it's fun. Whereas all the other actors just feel uncomfortable somewhat, and so it just doesn't set well with me when I watch them. All right. And movie or TV show or whatever? Uh, movie? Uh... I don't know. I think uh, the the 1989 Batman, just because it's such a weird phenomenon, uh, and I was pumped for it, and then I really loved it for a very brief spell, and uh, it's the only one that I've watched more than five or six times. So. That's one of the most painful return viewings. Yeah. Is going to now the, it, the 89 Batman and realizing how much it sucks. Yeah, now it's mm-hmm. tough to watch, uh, but I... I mean, I'll watch the Nolan stuff, but I don't really, I don't care about them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bale is so obnoxious as Batman that I really just want to turn it off when he starts talking like, Batman, Batman. This city just showed you that it's full of people ready to believe in good. You no, know, it's just, you know, stop it. So. All right, yeah. Eric, what's your take? Best uh, Batman. For the- Best Batman performance. Okay, I, I've said I think Ben Affleck is the best Bruce Wayne, but I do think Christian Bale is the best Batman. And as Batman. for the best Batman film, God, I'm. It's such a tight race between all three of the Nolan Batmans. But I got to go with Dark. Knight. Oh no, not the third one. The third one sucks. <laughs> no, yeah, the really. third one. I've I've gone back to it, and I'm like, ah, oh, I get it. I'm I'm down. <sighs> yeah. No. Nope. Go there. I'm not okay, gonna, but all right, okay. So, but, so but definitely, Nolan Batman Begins. We can agree is pretty goddamn. Batman good. Begins no? is way up there. One I'm of the best on origin stories. Yeah, but I think it's because they didn't have anything to prove. Uh, I think it was just a straightforward. Hey, this is the Batman story. They had uh, everything to prove. Yeah. They were following Batman and Robin with that shit. They had to basically they, come they, back and say, actually, Batman's still good. People. Well, well, well no, that's what I'm saying. Over is again, and I think most people even said, "Why are you even bothering?" Yeah, but that's but to me, it's the the bar was so low thanks to Batman and Robin that it really didn't have to do the a thing, whole lot to be better. You know what I mean? Oh, see, the thing it did mm-hmm. so perfectly, and that really set the tone for all the Marvel movies and all the comic book movies. Now is it set it in reality? It said, okay, all this stuff is bizarre as fuck, but we're gonna try and show it to you like it could happen. And yeah. that was explain so how that happened. Out. <laughs> Why are there batarangs? How is there a Batmobile? How is there a Batcave? Like, right. actually give us 
And and now the, the internet has taken this sort of thing too far, and they they love to be pedantic and pick apart everything. Well, this isn't properly explained, and that's how you end up with movies like Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Batman Begins is kind of responsible for that mentality, but like most original things that get copied and get worse, it the original is is really choice. Yeah. I like that actually when they are in a courtroom or an office, it's it's just it's just a dumb courtroom or office. It's there's nothing right. Like Gothamy about it. It's There's just not a giant yeah. statue of Atlas holding <laughs> yeah. up right. the judges. Yeah. yeah. Right. And nobody's wearing zoot suits or wacky hair. They're just, you know, it, it sets it in now. It actually doesn't even give it a year. I think yeah. I, I just watched Batman Begins yesterday and I was like, this this could have this could have taken place in the eighties or the nineties or the Zeds. There's no style yeah. about it other than Batman. And and the the back even Joker is just a mess. In any time you look at him, he's just a fucking mess. Yeah. Which reminds me of when we were talking about it uh, the first round, uh, and we were going on about the massive elaborate soundstage that Tim Burton was working with over in England, uh, and how the car would drive past the same building the every theater. single yeah every single yeah. shot almost because it's basically just a block. That they have to work with. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Same uh, thing happened in Venom. 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 All right, my takes. Uh, were those your takes for Best Batman? Then was um, yeah. Christian Bale and Batman Bale. Begins. Yeah. All right. Um, that's definitely my runner-up. But I have to give the nod both for the the show and the actor to Kevin Conroy and Batman, the animated series. I always forget about those for me. me That is the quintessential Batman. Everything from which all of the things have to compete. That's kind of a cheat though, because not to say that it's not good, but he's a voice actor. So he doesn't have to worry about the physicality of assuming the role of Batman and I think that adds an extra dimension of stress to the performance. Batman is a comic book character. He's allowed to be a cartoon. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is you're comparing a guy that all he has to do is, is do the voice acting. But all the other assholes that we've been talking about have to actually put on like the 500 pound suit and like worry about moving their neck and the whole nine yards. You know what I, I mean? I mean, okay, uh, that's fair. And then I do, if you want to get into live action actors, man, I, I wish all of them could could emote the voice the way Kevin Conroy can, because I think that yeah. Kevin Conroy's voice is Batman. You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. Well, and that's, what, and that's like most people will say that, but, you know, he's, he's a voice actor. I really liked Michael Keaton in the role. Michael Keaton was a surprise to everybody. When when he was cast, everybody was like, oh my God, they <laughs> yeah. cast Beetlejuice as Batman. This is going to suck. Yeah. You know, I remember actually, that. Syl- Sylvester Stallone said that Michael Keaton killed the careers of all of the 80s action movie muscle heads. <laughs> because for the, here's a guy who can actually act, has no muscles, and he's taking our gig. And and Good. that's why all those movies just sort of went away. But yeah, and this isn't an original analysis or anything, but, but the thing about it was Michael Keaton convinced you that this guy had to have gear. He had to have gizmos. He had to have intimidation because that dude on his own isn't intimidating or any of that stuff. And also, no one would actually suspect he's Batman. That's the biggest problem I have with Christian Bale is you look at that guy and you're like, uh, yeah, you could probably get in a pretty good fight. <laughs> yeah, but the, um, but that's the thing is that kills me about the Christian Bale too. It's like that just the the Batman voice over the course of three films got uh, so much more ridiculous. So the uh, end by the by the time you get to the, the the third one, it's like you can't tell him and Bane apart. I mean, it's just what the hell is going on? Uh, no, no, no. I can okay, understand my, what Bane is saying. <laughs> my yeah. problem Bane with the, with the Christian like Bale voice. <laughs> Is that no one at any one time says, you know, you have the exact same lisp as Batman. It's like, no matter how much you go, you still are saying things like this. Oh, shit, I got to get some bat glue for my retainer. 
<laughs> and then see the death metal band with Batman at the front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or just um, you know the fact that Batman just would bust into a song from Newsies. Uh, how do they not know that that's him? So swing high. So yeah, okay. So all right. Our our nominees on the floor are animated series, the Nolan Batman, and maybe a I don't know, maybe an also ran for the Michael Keaton. Probably. Um, I, I, I'd even like to give an also ran to the TV show uh, Gotham. I think they, they have more fun with the villains, uh, but that one is total camp. And yeah, there's all, that there's, there's really no Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough to, tough to watch. I, uh, I never bothered with Gotham. Everything about it just rubbed me the wrong way. I had to run yeah. away. Well, I, you I, know, I, I it's basically, him. yeah, it's just the rogues gallery, uh, more or less. But uh, the thing that strikes, and it's hard to explain this to people that weren't around in 1989, but how ridiculous the fever pitch got for it was, not only, it not was only Batman, but superheroes of marketing. Yeah. It was like, just. It was everywhere. It was dumb. Uh, like the shirts, like when the emblems came out, uh, and like the. The trailer came out, but it didn't have any of Danny Elfman's music. It was just a bunch of scenes cut together that were just... Not even ma- very well. Yeah, yeah. And, but, it, but it made you want to go see it. I mean, it was just a weird, weird deal. Uh, and just everything... Like, I remember, like, Foxtrot, the cartoon strip, had come out, and they just right. did a whole series about the little obnoxious kid being psyched for Batman. Uh even after the movie came out, I mean, it was just everything was Batman, Batman, Batman. And it's just, you don't really see that now because Batman has basically been done so many times in the last 30 years yeah. that it's just sort of like, yeah, it's a new Batman, whatever. Okay, sure. Uh, but at the time, damn, everywhere. All right. So, Eric, your favorite Batman movie was Batman Begins and Chris, yours was um, Tim Burton? Probably. 89? My my favorite Batman movie is is uh, Dark Knight, the second one. I want to like Dark Knight more than than I actually do. I loved it the first time through, but it just yeah, doesn't got stand a lot up of for repeated viewings for me. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it just falls apart. Batman Begins <laughs> might be my favorite Batman movie. I have a soft spot in my heart for Batman Returns, but I know it's not that good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I, it, well, I like I like Dark Knight though for one of the you know maybe the best Joker performance ever, and I I honestly yeah. forgive it all of its movie sins and they are legion, just for Heath <laughs> Ledger saying and here we go. I love that. <laughs> the, the thing I loved about that more than anything is. They utterly saw no point in explaining the existence of the Joker. The Joker nope. just is. is yeah. And he's the Joker. And anytime he's asked to explain himself, he's full of shit. Yeah. And it's. You remember the first you, movie? Everything was Batman is a symbol, not a man. And, and when the, the thing ends with Dark Knight Returns, they kill the symbol, not the man. Well, Joker right. is the symbol of the rot. Yeah. So yep. it, it would actually be antithetical to explain him. That's, that's very okay. deep, man. Very so, deep. so best Joker, uh, we've got Heath Ledger, we've got Jack Nicholson, we've got Jared Leto, we've and got probably, Cesar Romero. And probably Joaquin Phoenix is yeah, going to have Joaquin one Phoenix. of the best Jokers, because everything I see on that, I go, holy shit, I am going to yeah. watch that movie three Except or four times Except here's telling you the Joker's backstory, and I don't care yeah. about the Joker's backstory. And, no, and not only that, but I saw the trailer, and I'm like, so basically the Joker's Travis Bickle? What the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah, you know? no, that isn't, that isn't, really? You're not into that? That's, no, it's, not it's at all. I don't from care. The Killing Joke comic. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. actually has some basis in the comics, but yeah. I don't think it the needs to be The Killing Joke there. is like the origin story people have been asking for for decades. That's well, that's why and, it's going to be awesome. And as we know, if you give the fans what they want, it'll be amazing. Wow. If you give okay. the fans the source material they want, <laughs> but, it can't. But we can all agree that the best Joker was Jared Leto, right? It's yeah, that's, that's, that, was, that was my vote, honestly. Yeah. You nailed it. So we can just no, we can uh, just move on from there. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. I mean, Heath Ledger obviously nailed it. Uh, all the rest yeah. are just sort of uh, supreme cartoonish 
uh, to the hilt, but somehow like he the, makes it seem human. Twist you know what I mean? Nicholson, whereas I, I'm an artist. I'm, I make art until somebody dies. I thought that was yeah. a fun take. Well, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's just Jack Nicholson. I don't know. I want to change my vote. I'm going to go to Batman Begins because the more I think about it, that 89 is just fucking Nicholson chewing scenery, the Prince soundtrack yeah. really grating on my nerves. It's not a Batman movie. It's a Joker yeah, movie. It's, yeah, it's a big fuck you, honestly. So I'm changing my vote. So fuck All right. that. So best Catwoman, we've got Anne Hathaway, Anne Michelle Hathaway Pfeiffer, wins. Eartha Kitt, and Julie Anne Newmar. Hathaway. No, and Michelle Hathaway. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer Anne all Hathaway. the way. Anne Hathaway. Michelle Pfeiffer. Anne Hathaway. I, hate I wanted her. it to be Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I don't like her. Anne Hathaway's yeah. Catwoman is smarter. She's got better stakes. She's got you know everything's just better. And they I even explained the the dopey cat ears as not part of a costume, but just her goggles flipped up. I just loved everything about her in that movie. I guess. I mean, maybe if I see it more than once, I'll have something else to say on it. But I've literally seen that movie once because I didn't like uh, it. So Even when uh, I didn't like it, because I didn't like it on first viewing, I still said she's like the best part yeah. about it and probably the best Catwoman. Yeah, she's, okay. she's right up there, but but Michelle Pfeiffer in that suit is just too yummy. Sorry, got to yeah. go there. Yeah, which also brings up uh, another thing. Which to, kind, I'm sorry, it that does, of course, go entirely against the point of the character of Catwoman, right? You're objectifying well, yeah. her, and she's fucking people up because they keep objectifying her. <laughs> yeah, it's a twisted <laughs> circle. I say. It's a twisted but, circle. I mean, in the movie, she was kind of that. She was a revenge fantasy. She was tired of being, you know, set aside yeah. and, and belittled. Yeah. And you like her best blonde. because she's got a great ass. Yeah. <laughs> And she like, and she wears latex. Well, I know who you are. You don't fool me for a second. <laughs> but then it brings up an interesting point, though, about Batman Returns because that is also that sets a weird precedent for the rest of the superhero movies with the sequels, where it's and it, especially in stuff like Spider Man, the Sam Raimi ones. It's like just give me one villain, yes, and go with that, but don't give me five. And say, hey, this is going to be fun because it just basically winds up being like a threesome where it's one person uh, has to watch everybody else have fun. You know what I mean? It's just it it doesn't make any sense to me that you would jam pack so many villains into one movie. And that started with Batman Begins or not Batman, the Batman Returns. It's like, yeah, don't. I just don't like it. Yeah, Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Because because what we get, we get uh, Catwoman and Penguin. And then the next one, it was what Two Face and, and the Riddler. Riddler, and then the next one was Bane was the, and Poison Ivy, and one more Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, of course. And, and who was in? Who was the villain of Batman and Robin? Or was that Mr. Freeze? That was Bane. Yeah, and that's Mr. what we're Freeze talking. And, okay. And, yeah, yeah. I, I lose track. See, I lose track. Uh, so at least in the. In the Batman Begins, it was ostensibly Scarecrow until you realized it was Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, which yeah. which is which is an interesting twist. Well, and it was also the mob boss, yeah, Falcone. Yeah, and so then I a lot I, I I will I will give a shout out though to uh, Batman Returns though it had too many supervillains, but in the end. The only supervillain was the one not wearing the mask, Max right. Shrek. I thought that was Max, such yeah. a great choice. <laughs> and it's Christopher Walken. You think you could go 10 rounds with Muhammad Shrek? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking walking, man. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, so, yeah, the Batman films set a lot of precedents and c- cemented a lot of tropes, but at the same time, they busted a lot, too. So, it's a weird beast, the Batman franchise. So, any really... final thoughts to just go around, Chris? Uh it's, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to get away from the '60s Batman just because it's colorful and bright and fun, and that's not something I get from the rest of them, really. So, I'm yeah. bucking the trend. I want to end it on just a quick thing. On it doesn't matter that Robert Pattinson is going to be the next Batman. It doesn't matter who plays the Batman. What matters is the script and what they're going to do with him. Because if yes. they're just going to stick him in another car and have him shoot more pitons and swing around and not do detective work, not ground it in reality, then I don't care. I yeah. don't want another campy superhero thing. It's boring. Yeah. That's what we have Iron Man for. 
Well, not anymore, but you oh. know what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. They kind of need to justify get Batman's it? existence. Get it? Like, why Batman? Do you get it? Snap. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shut up. Snap. Oh, okay. DC or Marvel, bro? DC or Marvel? Go. Yeah. Vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you were saying, Brian? Go ahead. No, that's that's good. I think Eric actually had a good ending for us. <laughs> and where? And where? It's the Batman. Um, if you enjoyed this, uh, this I guess we'll call this Batman Do Returns. Um, if, you, if you like. <laughs> but if you enjoyed this show, uh, go ahead and check out our other shows. Uh, you can find them all. On our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. As always, please rate the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Uh, Give us glowing reviews. Um, And uh, if you want to reach out to us and go to that same website where you can find links to all of our social media feeds, you can find our Twitter handle. It's maghuge, at maghuge. On Facebook, we're Magnificently Huge Podcast. We're on Instagram as Magnificently Huge. And you can email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. Until next time, uh, join us for the podcast. Same podcast time, same podcast channel.